So hello everyone, welcome to our Inspiring Thoughts podcast. Uh, we're really lucky today to have Amanda Nichols from HR Solvit. Great to have you on board, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Stephen. I'm really looking forward to today. No, really excited. I'm really, really chuffed. And I know you've got a busy schedule, so it's great to have you on board yes. uh, for our podcast. So um, today we're really going to start to look about transforming HR. What's it look like in the future? So I'm asking Amanda to give her views uh, as a HR consultant independent about actually where the future could go for HR uh, move forward. Like with all the colleagues we work with on our podcast, Amanda's had seven questions in advance just so that we can get that preparation and that rich kind of energy from Amanda. So before we start today, Amanda, would you give people just an overview of your career history? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've been in HR, gosh, about 25 years. So so a fairly long time and it's changed quite a lot over those years. Uh, I started off working for um, a charity uh, for uh, um, members who were had learning disabilities and mental health problems. Um, I then moved into the NHS um, as a generalist HR uh, I was there well, I don't know, about seven years or so. Then I moved over into local government. I was head of HR in local government uh, for quite a period of time. And then it was quite an exciting change. Uh, the authority I worked for teamed up with a number of local other local authorities and we offered a shared HR service, uh, which I think was quite new and innovative at the time. So, so that was very exciting. Um, and then the, the latter part of that, I worked for a uh, theatre, uh, so worked in the arts, uh, which was quite strange and challenging during the COVID period, because, of course, for theatres to go dark was really unheard of. So there was uh, lots of challenges and, and, and ways forward for that. And then uh, two years ago, I set up my own business as a HR consultant and haven't looked back. It's absolutely flown by. So, yes. Okay. Fantastic. And what made you get into the HR world? Um, I kind of fell into it, I think. Um, yeah. Didn't know what to do when I went to university. So I thought I'll do business studies, kind of generic, left doors open. And then I can remember you could major in accountancy, marketing or HR. No good at marketing. Not great with figures. <laughs> so kind of <laughs> HR, I kind of fell into HR and I thought, actually, I love working with people. Um, but the irony is actually being in HR, that can actually be a real challenge because sometimes you're you're put in quite awkward situations that um, it, it's not what you would expect when you when you first start your HR uh, career, yeah. that it's going to be very easygoing and very supportive. Yeah. And it is, but there's, there's certainly some challenges along the way. Yeah, oh, there's an, some enormous challenges. People I've come across uh, in my career, you know, that HR can be fighting fires those kind of things Absolutely. as well so it's, it's, it's not as you said that nice easy way to go into it's a very challenging job to go into in the hr world isn't yeah, it yeah you want you want that supportive side um because that's what you go in for but you it you don't always able to deliver that on a day-to-day basis as you say it's that firefighting and uh the the awkward things that perhaps sometimes yeah. line managers don't want to deal with Yes. Yeah. And um, everyone that listens to the podcast know that I this is like my brave heart speech that I go that leaders can't take the paycheck just for the good times. They have to take the pay for those people issues and that rather than subcontract to HR for them to resolve the issue. That's one of my my brave heart speeches there. I I could not agree more. But the reality is um, somewhat different. I've seen over the years. Yes. Not always, but um, predominantly, I would say yes. 
Yeah, and I'll be honest, and probably when I was back in the bank, I might have been one of those naughty sausages that may have moved uh, to the HR world to say, could you deal with my problems and that kind of stuff. So uh, I can talk from both sides of the fence, if that makes sense. And and to be honest, I, I can see why they do, because HR are always there to help out. So why wouldn't you really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I also, um, Amanda doesn't know that I'm going to ask this question, but I saw on LinkedIn recently about your running oh, as yes. well. Yes. So would you tell us more about that? So, um, so so I started running about 10 years ago. So never liked any form of sport in my 20s, early 30s. Yeah. And then I thought after I had my second child, I really should get fit, lose some weight, you know, the, the, the old cliche. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll apply for London Marathon. Well, 11 years later, I've never got into the London Marathon. But um, yeah, running is kind of my uh, my happy place. It's uh, yeah. my my well-being. I can just, yeah, get my trainers on and, and go out the door. And probably, as yeah. you saw uh, last week, I, I ran my eighth marathon last week. So um, it's been a while. It's been five years since my last one. So, but but yeah, yeah that, that really is my, my go-to for clarity yeah. and peace of mind. Yeah, and it's it's really good. So, um, like for me, I took up cycling. So I used to do running a lot, but took up cycling uh, from that perspective. But it's just good to get out, clear the mind, thinking time, those kind of things. Um, Absolutely, it's it's amazing what it can do to you, and that like hits of dopamine through our body just makes us feel better, doesn't it? I, I think so, and I think sometimes I think, oh, I really should go for a run. But but as you say, that that feeling when you finish, like I'm really glad I went out. I'm so lucky yeah. living on the coast. The the scenery is just yes. just beautiful. To yeah. go and run, we, run along the beach, well, not on the beach, but by the beach is 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 lovely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Amanda and I don't live too far away from each other, so we both live on the coast, so we're both very lucky yes, uh, from that perspective. So. Yeah. So going into so HR for the future, we, we know HR and from a consultancy point of view, sometimes piggy in the middle, those kind of things where they get involved can be kind of um, quite strong cases or complex. So yes. how can um, HR consultants prepare for the future? What would you say um, in your mind? How could they prepare? I I, th- I think, to be honest, I think we all knew the world of work had to change. Um, and yeah. I think with the pandemic, to a certain extent, Brexit before, uh, there was a, a huge momentum. And I think thing, things picked up um, and it has been a huge roller coaster for HR. And I think it's it's made us become more resilient. And I think it's made us stand out more that we need to be an integral part of the business rather yes. than a bolt on. Yeah. Um, I think we really did stand our ground during the pandemic. We had to learn so much so quickly, yeah. you know, waiting for those press releases each week, then trying to translate actually what yeah. we needed to do for the companies. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it gave us a better platform. Um, yeah. But I think the shift is going to be about how we understand businesses moving forward. Yeah. So it's not being so reactive. It, it's about being proactive. Uh, obviously, yes. the business will want to know, well, how does that affect our bottom line? What, what's in it for us? How does yeah. it help our pain points? But I think it's for us, it's kind of staying informed about industry trends. What, you know, what, what are the key trends that are happening? Yeah. Looking, of course, about that HR technology that's coming through. You know, everybody's talking about AI automation how that's not only going to affect us within HR but how it's going to affect the businesses that we support people are saying is it going to change roles is it going to remove some roles and and how we support that and I think there's going to be a lot more focus on data driven HR Um, so learning about how we analyze the data how we actually predict 
for the future. So I think historically yeah. we've always looked at data as for what's happened. Yes. Yeah. Whereas now I think we need to move that to well, what is going to happen? What are going to be the trends? Um, how how can we feed that into a, a HR strategy, if you like? Because yes. we, as we know, businesses always have a business strategy, but we don't they always think about well, what what's the people plan that needs to sit behind and drive that? Yes. I yeah. think at at the time when they just go to implement that, so it's like, well, actually, what do we need? Where well, we need to be thinking quite some time before to make sure there's yeah. a smoother transition. Um, so I, I think it, yeah, it's, it, it's more about how we position ourselves with businesses yes. to make sure we're at the forefront of any any thoughts, any decisions, rather yeah. than being on the back foot, I think. Yeah, and, it, and I really like a couple of things that you said there. So I think definitely during the pandemic, HR, you know, had to deal with a hell of a lot of stuff very quick, very agile uh, and work yeah. with the colleagues and the, the organisation. Um, and I love the bit there about rather being reactive, HR of the future has to be proactive to complement the business work with it. What can they see for the future mm-hmm. rather than it's happened? What do we do about it? So I think that's definitely where I've seen and another couple of business owners I've spoken to recently on one of the podcasts and Gavin Howarth was talking about future looking as HR and being yeah. its own business and complementing the business rather than if something goes wrong, we go to HR. If that make, Would that make sense? No, absolutely. And I, and I think I, I, I've sort of experienced that in the last couple of years, the, the, the shift and change when, de- uh, to, when talking with, with business owners, with, with CFOs, it's, it, it is about the integral side of it rather than HR has been done to them. They actually see yes. the value that you're providing and how that affects what they're, they're doing rather than, yeah. as you say, just the reactive or we need to get that sorted so we'll we'll bring somebody in to to sort that out so it certainly is a shift I think there's still quite a way to go and I think as a as an industry it's something we've been pushing for for a long long time Um, but I think the last few years where there's been such a quick succession of change and we've had to react so quickly it's given us a stronger platform to to drive that forward yeah and it's also I think um, where you touched on there as well about AI technology data driven those kind of things of futurizing are going to be a key part to support organization and whether we like AI or we don't like AI those kind of things it's there it's so Absolutely. it's how we embrace it and work with those things uh, and I've noticed from kind of my perspective working with clients I, I'm stretching myself to use more technology um, to really help with training sessions with mediations those kind of things conflict resolution and it's making a huge difference because people see that you're a bit more modern agile those kind of things rather than always staying in your traditional ways would you would you see that as well Amanda? Yeah no I I, I totally agree with you and I and I think it's it's trying to find the right balance Um, and as you say with the AI and the automation it, it has a place but it's about how it's introduced into the business yeah um how staff adapt to it because people are going to be nervous about well is that going to impact on my role am I going to yeah. have a role um maybe I'm being slightly naive but in, but in my mind I, I truly believe that yes it will take an element of some people's roles away from them but as a business it gives you an opportunity to to redevelop those roles for those individuals yes. and to give them different responsibilities. Yeah. Now, whether that's a sideways step within a role, it doesn't automatically mean somebody has to move up in a role, but it Correct. does give more opportunities 
for those staff members to help drive the yes. business forward because it releases mm. them to focus more time on, yeah. on other things that perhaps historically they, they just wouldn't have had the capacity to deal yeah. with. But it's taking that bigger picture and that 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 different mindset to yes. look at that rather than automatically thinking, well, something's been taken away with me and, and that panic mode that we all have yes. when something's taken yeah. away, but actually to see the positives that, that could be made available. But that's the bit of, um, I think, going back to a, a quote from Charles Darwin, and I'll, I'll just paraphrase, but talking about adaptable to change, not always the strongest of person that survives. It's about change. And if you think the ages we've gone through, like the industrial age, te- technology age, farming age, people have had to adjust and adapt through time, haven't they? It hasn't stood still, has it? No, it hasn't. And I think this is where um, when I when I speak to um MDs and CFOs it's it's so important about that comms and engagement yes communication is so important I think sometimes because we think communication is just a natural part of what we do things get missed along the way yeah and by being very very open about what you're planning on doing can help alleviate some of those concerns that people are feeling with the changes in technology that that are coming along looking about how you engage with staff um, can really help stop those fears in their tracks um yeah. but unfortunately sometimes that that does get forgotten along the way yeah and it's one of those ones that human beings if they don't know an answer or not given the answer they fill the gap we fill mm. the gap with something else so if people aren't being communicated to they go well this is what i think from my experience and fill it with their own views and that's where you usually get Absolutely. people run off in different directions that are probably not true so that communication part i think is super super important um and the bit is people can choose to ignore it but at least you've been proactive to communicate with your teams and staff absolutely and i think that's what that's one of the other things we're going to see moving forward is that real emphasis on the employee experience you know, historically, well, kind of many moons ago, it was job for life and, and things have changed so much now. People do yeah. move the roles. Um, but it's it's about how we create that positive employee experience. Yes. You know, we, we all know at the moment to attract and retain top top talent is so crucial. Uh, Post-Brexit, um, it, it has been difficult to fill roles. Yeah. And, you know, you invest so much time and money in the recruitment process you don't then want to lose your best yes. talent um yeah. but i do harp on quite a lot about um sort of that we, we we spend so much on what our image looks like as as an organization um but it but it's about how you're perceived as an employer yes so um you know your reputation will precede you um and you know when people see an advertisement for a particular organization they will probably already know before they even open up that advertisement for information whether they wish to apply for that company or not yes and i think sometimes there's more that organizations can do about their employer branding so that they they do stand out compared to their competitors yeah and um, it's not if we look at recent generations amanda it's not all about money money money's there so if you not. took my generation it was what do you get paid and then move on whereas now it's about culture inclusivity 
um, engagement. Those kind of things are super, super important, which Absolutely. people have got to go. People have got to change how they are. Uh, and I come from an industry, from the banking industry, that outside it would look all glossy shiny but then certain branches we had colleague staff rooms were atrocious they were terrible it was more like an afterthought rather than actually we put our colleagues at the forefront those kind of things have got to change haven't they absolutely absolutely and i think as you say some of those things are really simple steps yeah. that the organization can take but i think because they are so simple that as i said before they they are yeah. forgotten yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think another part of that is is looking at work life balance. Yes. You know, I know we've spoken about the pandemic a little while ago, but I think it gave people an opportunity to say yeah. see a different way of approaching yeah. work and life. And for some people, they were desperate to get back to the office. Yes. After COVID, absolutely understand that. But there were other people who actually found that they worked a lot better working yeah. from home or working within a different environment to the office environment yeah. and it's and it's working with um the organization to see how that they can maintain that right balance between yes. the team yeah. um and what i was saying to to one uh, organization the other week was around well when you're looking to advertise new roles you really need to be honest about how flexible yes. you can actually be don't say yeah. that you're a flexible employer that you can offer x y and z when yeah. in reality, you're not actually able to deliver that at the moment yeah. because you're going to get that new member of staff on board. They're going to expect one thing. And then actually, when you can't deliver it, yeah, they may not wish to stay. And then you've invested yeah. all that time, money in the recruitment, in the onboarding yeah. process, the training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for them to then leave because what you sold them isn't actually what you're able to support. You're better off being honest about what you could yes. sell. And then those particular candidates can decide if they wish to apply or not yeah. for that type of working environment. Yeah. It's not a wrong environment. It's just about matching the right candidates yeah. with 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 the right business. But also as, as well, um, Amanda, about, and we're already going on to the next question, which is beautiful. It's about um, how do HR departments and how do they look for the future and also organisations be honest with people they will see through it treat them like adults Absolutely. stop stop the transactional analysis of parent-child relationship because people will go that's not what you told me and then they'll go and tell other people so it, it's that culture that kind of that destroys from that point of view and also I mean ACAS quote I think for the naught to six months it costs about £25,000 yeah. a to recruit and then up skilled a colleague 25 to 26,000 yes that's what you're jeopardizing as well so your brand image retention and then also profitability so they're the kind of things that are really really important are there any other things that you think um like a hr department would look like in the future i know we touched on loads of things there is there anything else that um, you think that a H how hr departments could look in the future do, do you know what I do, I do wonder whether departments will become more leaner yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, with, with the increase in, in AI and automation, that will certainly help with some of the administrative tasks on, on recruitment, whether that's on boarding, payroll, etc. But I do wonder with, with some organisations whether it will become leaner and they will buy in additional resources yes. for particular projects. Yeah. So I can imagine they'll be forging stronger links with external consultants like myself yes. to buy in that expertise as and when needed. Yeah um 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think that will be interesting to see how yeah. how that rolls out. I don't I don't think that will work for all um, yes. businesses, but I but I think there will be some. Um, and I think it's about promoting that agile and flexible workforce, yeah. which which we've yeah. already touched upon, and of course the gig economy as well, um, and about adapting the practices within the HR department to make sure that they have the right processes in place to engage and manage those non-traditional uh, yes. employees more effectively. Because if yeah. you've got a lot of consultants, it, it, it is a different type of relationship than yeah. to having, no, I say normal, but to have the employee structure yeah. that, that you're more used to, which is where you were saying earlier about how you deal with staff and 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 those and those relationships and having yeah. a more adult approach to, to things yes. and yeah. whilst we need to have processes policies in place it's about the language we use and how we make sure they're instilled in everything yeah that we do um yeah. and that needs to trickle down from from the top as a cultural yeah. element so no yeah. point saying that you adopt flexible working throughout the organization but the MD, CFO, et cetera, they're from seven in the morning till goodness yes. knows what time in the evening, Monday to Friday, never take any yeah. annual leave. You're going to have other people in the organisation really nervous about asking for a flexible working request yeah. or wanting to flex their time if they want to be seen to grow with that business. If if, if yeah. the top strategic management board aren't, aren't echoing yes. what they say they, their team can do. So. Yeah. And, it, and it's um, first of all, I love the plug there, Amanda, about external consultants coming in. I thought that was a really course, good plug. I, it's very course. subtle, but I liked it. I did like it. Um, but I think the other bit, we've noticed that over the last year with L&D. So mm. with L&D functions shrinking down, going to more external consultants, A, it's people don't realise how much more it can be cost effective to buy doing it that way the other bit is it's a third view not your organizational's view so actually bringing a different dimension to it um but i'm definitely seeing more and more organizations probably hr getting leaner but then going to that third party to say your expertise your advice and also that more niche work of what do you specialize in can i bring you in for that period of time then take somebody else i'm definitely seeing some good organizations adapting to those third parties uh, coming in so i just echo your thoughts as well so really good. Uh, so let's go um, on to our next question. So what skills do you think HR consultants need for the future? So obviously all the skills we've already had from from the past, but I think one of the key things is, as you just alluded to as well, it's, it's about that flexibility, yeah. about having that diverse set of skills, that, that toolkit yeah. that you can flex depending upon um, what the business needs. But I think as a as a consultant, what I've realised, uh, which is probably slightly different to, to, to the answer to this question, is there, is there are a lot of HR consultants out there. Yeah. But what I've experienced in the last two years is everybody is so supportive of each other. Yes. It's not a cutthroat industry such as other industries. People are there to yeah. help each other. And actually, if you're approached by your client to do something, and perhaps it's not necessarily your area yeah. of expertise, there's somebody else that you know that, yes. that can help and that you can pull them in so yeah. that that business is getting exactly what they need but 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 you're just having those different areas yeah. to pull upon uh i think 
the IT side, as you say, around the yeah. data analytics, et cetera, is something that we need to, mm. to keep on top of. AI and how that how that can be used. Yeah. Change management, of course, is something we always need to be on top of our game, yeah. whether that's acquisitions, transformation within the organization, Tupi, just, just keeping abreast of that. Um, and I think to be honest, it, it's it's about that strategic thinking, working out yeah. how the business can see the benefits of HR yes. rather than just that transactional side. Yeah. It's it's about how we can home in on those skills to show them the advantages of thinking longer term about their yeah. team. Because uh, yeah. one of the things I'm very passionate about is, you know, you're, especially with smaller businesses that I tend to work with, your team is your shop window. Yes. For your business. Uh, your team are the, are the first point of contact for your customers. Yeah. So it's about making sure that they've got the right skills so that your customers want to come back, that your customers recommend, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, it's placing that importance on the development of the team, yeah. which I think is is where our skills come in in the future about how we yeah. how we can do that, how we can help them with their communication, you know, their, our, our influencing skills, looking at employee engagement uh, yeah. and just kind of how we can build on the foundations of that to strengthen teams that they have to deliver an excellent yeah. service so that they can grow and I think one of the other big things which we haven't touched on yet is around conflict resolution and mediation yeah because I think as, as things change some people are going to feel very vulnerable about changes yeah. um, as we alluded to earlier there are going to be some managers that perhaps don't always deal with things in the best possible way yeah. um, and as such we may see an increase in types of grievances that come yes. in around how things are done and it's about how that is managed because yeah. the ultimate goal is to get everybody working together moving forward and I think yeah. traditionally with grievances I don't think anybody ever won no and it's about how we change that with the mediation type so we can find a positive way forward for both yeah. parties rather than what's historically happened is one party almost feels pushed out yeah and has to leave and I think in a larger organization people can move around so that's more helpful but in a smaller organization the reality is that that's not possible so it's it's how we forge that relationship moving forward so I think that that's another key area that we're going to have to upskill on for the future and be a part of what what we just deliver and that that was like music to my ears then, Amanda. That was like the um A plus plus answer to the oh, question thank you. about Yeah, it's a, and it's one of those ones where we try and educate people about mediation and nipping things in the bud early rather than going grievance route, etc. Yeah. As you said, nobody wins through grievance route. It's so damaging for the two individuals or three or four who's involved, their families, people forget that families, you know, take they don't just go home from work and switch off. Switch then off, you've yeah. got the HR consultants involved, etc. Um so yeah, so absolutely echo there about the mediation support in an early place. Um I also like the bit where um you kind of touched on because I, I noticed it when I left the bank and went into the freelance world and then my own company, that actually there's a lot of good supportive people out there to go to if you need help support you're not by yourselves that and people don't want anything back in return mm. it's just a nice kind of way that 
if there's an area that I'm not an expert in, I pull people in, uh, vice versa, and they can either train me up or they have the work or work with a client. So I think that's that's really important about the future about leaning on your stakeholder groups to kind of upskill yourself. I, and I think it's recognising that it's not a weakness. But yes. We can't know absolutely everything. We, you know, we're we're a hate. We, you know, HR's in our title, but there's such a variety of aspects within HR that yeah. I don't think any HR professional can say they know absolutely everything to the highest yes. level. Yes, yeah. I just do not think it's possible because it is such a wide spectrum. But as you say, yeah. to know who to contact when you're not sure, yeah, um, is a real key strength to rather yeah. than trying to to bumble along. I think I think that's yeah. absolutely crucial. And I think what I've noticed today as well, Amanda, from your style, and that is about getting HR more business focused to say, how do they complement the organisation? How do they strategically go for the future yeah. rather than be reactive? That's definitely coming through about you in your HR practice about trying to really work and strive to the future, more strategising, which absolutely. I think HR definitely needs for the future. Absolutely. And I, and I think part of that is is historically with managers is they're given the policies of how to deal with things, but not necessarily the training learning development to actually embed those so as a manager when everything's going fantastically being a manager is great but actually when you've got a member of staff where there is a problem it is tough I don't think anybody likes dealing with a difficult and I hate to use the phrase a difficult conversation but that's what it is and people do shy away from it they worry that they're going to make things worse by approaching it you know and I've always said to a manager but if you have um, key facts that you can refer to in those meetings that you can talk yes. through with the individual so it doesn't look like you're, you're plucking things out there yes. you, you can give concrete evidence then yeah. it's justified in what you're saying and if yes. you're saying it in a supportive way where you're yeah. then also saying okay well what, what else can we do to help you yeah it, it's putting that positive spin yes. on it yeah. um and you can't well, I say you can't go wrong but it is the best way to approach it rather than yeah. sticking your head in the sand and hoping it will go away yeah because what goes well, away the is bit... the rest of the team isn't it because they get yes. disgruntled that it's not being dealt with and danger is you lose yeah. those team members and the poor team member that's yeah. struggling is still with you and the situation hasn't yeah. resolved itself and the bit there the, the really really good bit a phrase I use is about leaning into it so lean into the issue or the concern mm. and actually doing it in a very professional way, but stick to your facts because where we see issues occur is where people use opinion a lot. Yes. So we, we've seen it rather than they go with their policy and to say, let's just talk it through and let's have a look at where we're at. They use their opinion. So I've represented the bank at quite a few employment tri- uh, tribunals and that. And it's one of those easy ones. If you stick to your policy or your kind of facts and that, you're on a better footing rather than going into mm. the opinion world. Because that's where the issues really start to happen. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that, Stephen. So what would be the benefits? I think we can probably, what would you say the benefits of an organisation having a more agile, futuristic HR function? What would be benefits to the organisation? I think the benefits are the fact where organisations are having to rapidly change themselves in the current economic climate. It just gives that adaptability to work with the changing circumstances that they may be faced with. 
um, you know, the, the evolving businesses that we have is such a dynamic workforce. We can flex in and flex out to support them as and when needed, yeah. um, meaning they're getting the right support yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And it's, it's that flex, isn't it? So, you know, people say agile working, adaptability, those kind of things. They're just really, really key or changeability in today's climate. Uh, and world um, and even uh, kind of things that I think is taught during a pandemic most people have had some building works done or something else but actually prices were changing left right and center for building goods and those kind of things so you did need to learn adaptability and that's in like the workplace as well that whatever happens today may not be the same next week or the week after but then how do you move and flex for the climate isn't it I, I, I agree with you but I think it goes back to what we were talking earlier although we have to be adaptable and circumstances can change relatively quickly. We still need to ensure that the communication and the engagement yes. is there with the team and that yeah. managers shouldn't hide behind the fact that, well, because we're in a changing environment, we, we can't yeah. communicate with the things. We don't know what's happening because actually that causes even more issues. Even yes. if you communicate yeah. to you and say, we're not sure what's happening at the moment. As soon yeah. as we're in a position to, we'll we'll update you. However, you yeah. want to sort of put that by by being open, even if you're open but can't give any more information. Yes. At least they know yeah. you're engaging yeah. with them and not hiding behind yeah. um, a, a wall. To as, as you were saying earlier, things then go through people's mind as to have I got a job, have I not got a job, what's going to happen, yes. and especially cost of living and all the other yes. pressures that people are facing at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's added stress and, and you're not supporting the well-being of your team, which, again, is another yeah. crucial factor. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's that communication about honesty. Start, I, I just really got this belief uh, about treating people as adults. And if, if you mm. haven't got news, then, as you said, like, communicate and say, this is what we're working on at the moment. We come back with an update, those kind of things, yeah. rather than bury your head in the sand and just think it will be OK, because that's when human beings then feel gaps and then they get worried about kind of their home life, the concerns, <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah, but I've seen some great organisations really communicating um, and there's loads of different methods now to do, it. you know, podcasts, um, push out notices. Though, technology can really help you do some really straightforward two minute comps, uh, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it and even if that comment to say there is no update, at least your team yeah. know there is there is no update rather than radio yeah. silence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, would you say there's any other benefits just for HR consultants? What would be personal for them adapting or changing for the future? So, like you as an organisation, what what would be benefits of you? You know, more strategic, more. Um, working along the businesses, those kind of things. What benefits would it give to you, Amanda? Um, I, I think for me, understanding what the trigger points are for the businesses, understanding what their issues are, helps me then focus on what I need to develop on more yeah. and how I can then in in return support them because HR is a kind of, you know, forever changing yeah. Um, platform. I mean, there, there there are still some some core elements, but I think one of the things is is around employee wellbeing, and, yes. you know, and 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 as things move forward with businesses, we can see where the pinch points are, and where yeah. where the real um, issues are to then work out how 
I need to flex to understand how I can yes. actually support them. Yeah. And I think I think that's really important. And for me as a consultant, I have more flexibility as an individual historically working nine till five for a business. Yes. Well, I know with the businesses I support, the business manager doesn't necessarily work nine to five. Well, they yes. might work nine to five, but then they're actually dealing with the other issues yes. in the evening. Um, yeah. And for me, I'm quite happy to flex with that to an extent. Yeah. Because yeah. that that also works for for my personal situation to to flex yeah. in and out. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it's just about finding that right balance in all honesty. Yeah. Well, it's that it's that win win, isn't it? So like um, a couple of weekends ago, I worked all day Saturday and I loved it. Got loads of stuff done. I had some calls with clients on the Saturday because that's how they worked. That that just shows about meeting people's needs um, mm. and also my own needs. And I, I'll take the time back when I need it and those kind of things. But I think the more adaptable and flexible you are to that organisation, the more you'll complement that organisation. And I'm not saying 24-7 be on the phone, no. line, but, but there's a there's a balance, isn't there? And I think you're absolutely right. It is about striking that balance, but yeah. but it it shows your flexibility as well. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say? Um, I always get asked by people uh, being a bit nosy, but what's your personal development for 2023? What are you working on, or what's relevant to you? Um, personal development. So I do like a podcast. Um, yeah. So I do listen to quite a lot of podcasts just to kind of see um, new trends, what's what's happening, um, where, yeah. where the pressure points are, etc. I, I want to do um, mental health first aid training is, is one yeah, of the good. things I want to explore um, this year. And I want to understand more about um, neurodiversity in the workplace yes. versus neurotypical, because that's something I'm experiencing now uh, with, with some of the clients I deal with is, is, a, is around what support they can they can put into place for yes. staff members and i need I've, I've got a fairly good understanding but it would be useful yeah. to just just get more detailed yes, yeah. understanding around that so i think they're they're my key areas yeah. this year yeah and it, and it, and they would be relevant areas wouldn't they that if you think about it in i think you so know, for, for supporting colleagues supporting yourself they're all relevant areas aren't they yeah, and I, and I think for, for neurodiversity, I think some of this has really come to light since the pandemic. I think yes. where we have experienced a workforce that can adapt and, and work more flexibly, yeah. for, for some people who are neurodiverse, that has been an absolute, I say, blessing. But it's given yes. them an opportunity to work in an environment where they feel far more comfortable in some settings and, yeah. it, and it's about working with the business to make sure that the right support mechanisms are in place because yeah. everybody is unique whether you're yes. neurotypical or neurodiverse we all yeah. have our our own um, desires our, our own yeah. support mechanisms that we need and it's and it's working with individuals in the business to find out what they are and how they can best yeah. best be supported yeah so, yeah and it's the bit there is all we want to do is be fair and give everyone a fair chance isn't it if you think about absolutely. it absolutely absolutely all we want to do is set people up to win um and definitely i notice more and more organizations that are thinking how do i set up people to win are now becoming more inclusive better culturally more productive um because everyone thinks it's you know 
all the stuff we talk about is nice and fluffy, but it's not. It's about there's a commercial lens that goes on the back of this. But we're definitely seeing people that really embrace um, supporting their colleagues are definitely more productive. Yeah, and that just just makes me laugh because I think when I when I first started in HR, I can remember somebody saying to me, "Oh, you know, HR's pink and fluffy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, and I think look, when I look back then, it wasn't because so much was transactional. Yes, yes. And I'm not saying that now everything is pink and fluffy, but it but it is it is more around the support of your team, about yes. the employee well being. Yeah. Um, about the engagement, etc., which yeah. is absolutely more strategic. But it is yes. that not I, I don't like the word soft skills, like almost that emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah. And about yeah. how we get the most out of our team. Yes. Um and that that is the way HR needs to drive forward. So the businesses Definitely. are cutting edge rather yeah. than that transactional slapping people down because they haven't done what they should do. Yes, correct. There is a place for that, yeah. but but it but it is that emotional intelligence side and how we can drive that yeah. forward is the biggest win I think for a yeah. business moving no, forward to make them more competitive. Yeah, and we always talk about and um, the world I'm in is the win-win relationship, rather than a company doing to a colleague, it's about win-win, and then we we know that it'd be more productive, more engaging, uh, and do you know what you'll retain colleagues longer, etc. Um, Absolutely. Rather than all the other stuff that goes with it. So, um, Amanda, uh, I've loved chatting today, and it's flown by. That's so been re- brilliant. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate brilliant. it, Stephen. So, how can people get hold of you or connect with you? What's the best way to reach out? Okay, so I am on LinkedIn. Um, so. Yeah, you can you can find me on LinkedIn. I do do post quite a lot on there. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, yeah. And people can email me. Uh, my email is amanda.nichols um, at hrsolvit.co.uk. And you know, I'm more than happy happy to have um, an exploratory call with with somebody if they, they just want to have a chat through as to yeah. some issues they may have, just to see whether that is something I can support them with. Then that more than happy to yeah so I just want to say huge huge thank you for joining the podcast today I thoroughly enjoyed it and learned lots uh, as well so um, I would say connect with Amanda as she said through LinkedIn Facebook etc really have those chats with Amanda but you've got someone here that's forward thinking really wants to kind of from a HR consultancy point of view really push that strategy and work with her clients so Amanda thank you so much I hope you enjoy the rest of the day I think it's a bit sunny for us today so Dan on the coast it is sunny I might get out for a run later today yeah yeah (laughs) really good but thank you so much i really appreciate it and you have a lovely day you too thank you bye